This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Magnificent Football Monday edition of the show rolls on. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you here on the BetQL Network. Great to be on with our friends at Stadium for the next 60 minutes. Uh, Power Hour, final hour, one hour from now, featuring all our bets for tonight. NHL, NBA, college hoops, and Monday Night Football with the Vikings and the Bears, side total and props for that game. Uh, Rick Camp, our good friend, you better you bet family member from Betsperts and 4 for 4. Rick Camp will join us in 40 minutes talking all things betting on the National Basketball Association. But for now, we continue our handicap of week 13 Time flies when you're having fun in the National Football League. Kenny, please bring the music up. And uh, Ken, we went to break talking about the Falcons-Jets game, and I like Atlanta, you like Atlanta. Is there anything left to add here on this game? Also a really low total, as you might expect, with Tim Boyle starting. The total's 34. Kind of kind of like the under a little bit. Or, may, or maybe the Jets defense just gives up, and Atlanta scores a lot of points in this game. Uh, my preferred bet would just be Atlanta to win the game against Gang Green. Yeah, I think it, this feels to me more just based on how Atlanta's played so far this year. This feels more like an attrition kind of a win than, for example, like what Miami was able to do. And I know like the the hell Mary or whatever we're calling it with the Tim Boyle pass on Black Friday, that crazy hundred yard play, like that helped expand the margin. And you know, like the the Dolphins didn't just blast them from minute one, but yeah, this strikes me more as like this might be a one possession game in the fourth quarter, like some of the time. Like maybe the Jets defense is more engaged. Uh, and it's Desmond Ritter in the Atlanta offense. I think the total is just appropriately very low. I'll also just add norm. Again, I, I did this on Sunday with the te- uh, teasers and talking about when I like to tease games and when I don't. And I know this differs from sort of like a conventional wisdom. I don't like to tease teams that have a lot of quarterback volatility and uncertainty because we haven't seen those players a lot. And I think we do a bad job, all of us, of like evaluating what they're going to be. And maybe Tim Boyles, we, maybe we have enough games where we can actually just say, no, I know what he is. The worst. And so maybe teasing the Jets, my point is maybe teasing the Jets is okay in this game. It's a very low total. I, normally, I'd love to tease the two and a half to eight at home. Two and a half to eight and a half, 34 the total. Sounds awesome. I don't know what a rock bottom rating for Tim Boyle is like. like it's, how Can it get worse? Sure. Sure it can. Um, so I would actually avoid using them as a teaser, even despite the low total. To, to be fair, like DTR gets knocked out of the game. The Broncos win. The Browns don't cover those teaser legs yesterday. Now, I, I don't know if that's because I was right. Just they didn't cover those. And we talked about that. So I it's going to look appealing, especially if it stays two and a half. And I would just I would want nothing to do with it. Look, the Jets can win. Boyle can win a start just like anybody can win a start. But just again, like the expectation when you click the button on the Jets is you need Tim Boyle to win. That's an unrealistic expectation, if I'm being honest. Like, that's not realistic. And they're also not playing like 
you know, the Clayton Toon Cardinals or something. Like they're playing like an average team. And an average team, I think, should beat Tim Boyle a lot of the time. What happens? Because it's realistic here. We talked about it last week and it didn't happen last week. Right, Simeon. Simeon. I mean, are you betting Boyle unders in this game too? Like we talked about doing it last week. He was he was organically terrible. Did he go over his passing yards? I mean, what he laid one eighty something like that went he over did. went he over did. barely, right? Went over by like twenty he yards. He went or over something, by like fifteen yards. yards yeah. But I, I got asked yeah. about this on my on my WFAN spot. They were like, "Well, would you right. bet Tim Boyle on like on, like like under passing yards?" I said, "No, because they're down by right. twenty points down in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they're gonna, Miami's yeah. going to run the prevent, and he's going to rack up like eighty passing but that's yards not in this. the fourth quarter. I don't think they're going to be down a lot in this game." And we know what Atlanta does, like run the ball mercilessly if they're going to be up like even seven, ten points in the game. I don't know if he gets that kind of opportunity. The Miami game was like a fake game for an hour. This is not going to be like, like I, I like Atlanta a lot in the game. I think they're likely to win, but it's not going to be like that. Atlanta doesn't play games like that. They love to play close games. Their quarterback's not good enough to blow a team out. So it's going to be have to be pieced together here a little bit against a good defense. I just think like Atlanta by, you know, a small margin is just a very, very likely outcome. And even if I don't like Desmond Ritter very much, like I, I just, again, I just like NFL history. Like I would you, would you bet Tim Boyle to lose a start if I offered you minus 145? Like almost regardless of opponent, honestly. Uh, and that's not a point spread conversation, but like that's what this market creates. It creates that type of bet. So no, nothing likely to change here in between now and Sunday, barring injury. Right. We already know Tim Boyle starting. Like Sal already said it. We know that Desmond Ritter obviously will yep. start again for Atlanta. For the people out there watching and listening live or in podcast form afterwards, if they like Atlanta, is it your advice, Ken, to bet this sooner rather than later? Well, to be fair, it's already gone to three in a lot of places. Now, I will say that sometimes we have games that are two and a half. They go to three. And they just sit there and there isn't like a lot of resistance where people want to take that key number of plus three on there. Like the game just stays three happens sometimes. Uh, this isn't really like that as much as there's been like a push on Atlanta. This opened two and a half basically everywhere. As much as there's been a push on them to get to three in some places, there's also been some resistance. And I think the resistance happens because people like think about conceptualize this game, right? It's a game with a total of 34 it's a team that with their de- Jets, with their really good defense, they can play close games against teams sometimes. Like, I get it and why the three would be appealing in like a low total game as like a concept. Just for me, it's like just not with this quarterback. Like just there are some quarterbacks and it's we're seeing it this year more than most years. What did Schefter tweet? We had like fi- our 50th different starting quarterback this yep. year or something like that yesterday. And I feel like we're seeing it a little more this year. Just the attrition of the long season. We have the extra game now. We've had it for multiple years. Just like you're going to get more bottom of the barrel type single game performances sometimes. And we're, we're seeing that this year, like there, it's almost like the market is like unprepared for how low the bottom is on some of these. That's what it strikes, strikes me as. And I'm not saying like, I'm out there betting into it all the time. I think we're all like learning it together. I think the market's kind of learning it. Like, wait a minute. There are some teams that are, it's actually so much worse than we even think. And the point spreads exist in ranges that you would have never thought possible because of the depth of how bad some of the quarterback play is. Um, my guess would be that this closes like a little closer to three than two and a half. I don't think we'll have injury information in the game, but I don't think this is like Atlanta's just going to get bet up and up. I think these prices are going to be what we're talking about all week. I do think like, again, not if you didn't know the teams and the quarterbacks, maybe even if you knew the records, but I told you total 34 and you can get the home team plus three. Okay. Like, yeah, maybe if it's two and a half and it goes to three, would you bet it? 
like, yeah, maybe low, low total game, defensive struggle. Okay, I'll take points. I think there are people that are thinking that way, and that's okay. Like, it's okay to bet the opposite side of this. I just happen to be on Atlanta. Yeah, uh, me too. Uh, you better, you better hear with Nick and Ken on a Monday, handicapping week 13 in the NFL. Ken, let's go to the Steelers-Cardinals game, where Pittsburgh hashtag blamed Canada last week, and uh, proven correct, at least through one game. Uh, I saw, I think it was our buddy Ben Solak from The Ringer tweeted this. I could be wrong that the Steelers, in the last game prior to hiring Matt Canada as their offensive coordinator, had 400 total yards of offense, more than 400 total yards of offense. Then, in every game that Matt Canada coordinated, had less than 400. It was 58 (laughs) games. Amazing. Where they have never had 400 yards of total offense under Matt Canada, and then, yesterday, in the first game without Matt Canada, after he was fired last week, Mike Sullivan, taken over as the play caller, had more than 400 yards of total offense. The Kenny Pick, Kenny Pickett, like a like passing chart, is really funny compared from Canada to yesterday. Where, wow, they threw the ball. Wow. In 2023 in the NFL, you should probably throw the ball down the field. What a novel concept. And uh, Pickett looked pretty good. And the Steelers, the Steelers beat the Bengals by six. They covered the spread. Honestly, should have won by a lot more. Uh, I bet the Steelers, and I had to sweat that game because of two insane tipped passes that Jamar Chase caught and ran for like 40 yards both times. Pittsburgh should have won that game. Also, like, Jacksonville might beat Cincinnati by like 30 points on Monday night. We'll talk about that game coming up tomorrow. But this is the Steelers-Cardinals conversation. Steelers-Cardinals conversation. Cardinals get blown out yesterday by the Rams. Um, And now we have a situation where we have an identical market to what we saw a couple weeks ago where the Cardinals were five and a half on the road in Houston. Now the Cardinals are five and a half on the road in Pittsburgh. That is presented without comment for now. Can Pittsburgh mm. laying five and a half in this game against Arizona? The total here is 40. Pen, pencil, blood, or blank. Steelers and cards. I'm really, uh, I'm curious to see where this market goes, to be honest. Like, uh, it's, we. I talked about why I don't like to tease games where we don't have a lot of info on the quarterbacks. Because I don't feel like the point spread's a good guess. I don't know what way it's wrong, but it feels like it could be wrong both ways. A lot of points. Usually it's the bad way, but it doesn't have to be the bad way. And with the Steelers, I almost feel like like they're a little bit of an unknown right now. Because when I when I first saw this game, I, my first thought was actually like, do I need to really like the over in this game? Like, does that need to be a thing that happens? Arizona plays dead over games against basically everyone. They at least try to. Their defense is terrible. They have a quarterback who, when he's trailing, is phenomenal. A lot of, like, kind of backyard football generate explosive plays. Everybody's seen Kyle Murray play. I don't need to say that. But the idea is, like, is 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 the market going to catch up slowly on what we can call new Pittsburgh? Do, for, for, I guess first question, do we think there is a new Pittsburgh? Do we think this is a, a lasting thing that's going to be different? Or, hey, they're playing the Bengals. The Bengals' defense isn't very good. They didn't score very much in the game, to be fair, but like move the ball down the field a little bit more. The total yard stat that you mentioned, is it a new thing? Because if it's a new thing... I think this total is a little low. I'm gonna be honest. I haven't seen the weather report for the game. It's early in the week, but like that would be my first thought. Like I don't think you can have a total of, of like that starts with a three or a forty. Uh, if the Steelers are going to be an offense that's like in modern times against a defense as bad as Arizona, um, but I don't. Again, there's that unknown there. It's only been one week. Is this like was this a one week thing? And the Bengals defense isn't great, and hit a couple pop plays to Firemuth, and like that's what it was, or. Is this something we're going to see week to week with the Steelers? And three weeks from now, Steelers totals aren't going to be the same thing that they've been for 60 games and under Mike Tomlin for a lot of the time, too. So I think that's interesting. My, my first thought, actually, my eyes went to the total of just like, I wonder how we're going to rate Pittsburgh. How would I rate Pittsburgh going forward? A lot of mystery there. 
the point spread's just tough because of Arizona, and uh, who got absolutely trucked yesterday. I mean, really badly. And again, if this is old Pittsburgh, you would never in a billion years lay this many points with that team, ever. Matt Canada's the offensive coordinator. They cannot win a game by margin, or if they do, it's an accident. Is this a new Pittsburgh? Because a new Pittsburgh can blow out teams like this, and a new Pittsburgh can run up a bunch of yards and win a game by margin. Is it actually like a lasting thing? I actually think the side and the total are impacted by that. I think like the safer bet is the over, to be honest. But uh, but the the side and the total are both very interesting. Basically, just like how much stock do you put in what you saw yesterday? I uh, I I think I don't know if the Steelers are going to rack up that many yards every week. Or, like, look that impressive. I know they only scored 16 points in the game. Like, they played really well on offense yesterday. I I think they're probably closer to being, like, a new version than they are just, like, a one-game blip, is my guess. 2.0? This game was so Steelers bad. 2.0? V2.0? Oh, Maybe. Oh um, I still think the number might be a little big. So, okay. I don't know what I want to do with this point. But so well, this Kyler was is six... a dog. Always going to be appealing. I know I know. It, I know. yesterday was a disaster. But, like, a big dog in, in the game with him as the quarterback... Your my immediate first thought's always going to be like, eh, he can keep the game close. Like, I just intuitively, that's how I feel about his games usually. I don't blame you for thinking that. I thought your analysis of the total was spot on. I, I don't know how, I guess people could disagree. I, I think you're way right on the well, total yesterday this game score. going over. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you're way right on that. But that was, um, that's Jake Browning. I mean, that's just, it's just not even, like, that's a Jake Browning and teams that know each other so well, it's ridiculous. And I know it's Jake, but I'd be like, well, they don't know Jake Browning so well. Like, it's the same staffs. Like, they play all the time. It's just like, it's just different, I think. Maybe that, maybe you're getting a break on the total because of what happened yesterday, honestly. And maybe it is New Pittsburgh and the total needs to be 43 or something like that. Ah. And last night, the points were up to six, and I was like, oh, well, this is why I should, maybe I should just start betting on Sunday night again. I should, like, I want to take six with Arizona. I, I don't know what I want to do now, but I like your thought on the over. It feels like it's a little too big of a price to lay with Pittsburgh, but I, I'm not rushing to click five and a half with Arizona, at least at this point in the week. I'll, uh, it yeah. could be. Um, I will just add, just as a, on a personal note, that I am actually, when I think back in my relationship with my now wife, there has really only been one moment where I have flipped at like actually like flipped out and like lost my mind watching a game that I bet on. And it was when these two teams, the last time these two teams played in Arizona, the first year of the show in 2019, the Steelers were favored by three with Duck Hodges starting on the road at Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Quack, quack. I took the points. I took the points with Arizona. Cliff Kingsbury in the car and absolutely melted down and the Steelers ended up winning and covering the spread with Duck Hodges. And I remember like, this was like, we had been dating for like six months at that point, like seven, eight months, whatever. We started dating in February 19. This was like maybe like October or November 19. And I was literally saying to her before the play started, this is the player they're going to throw it to and watch like Arizona's not going to cover him. I think it was Juju. And then it would happen and I would be like yelling, see, I was right. What? And she was just like looking at me like I was insane. I can't believe our relationship lasted past that. That's amazing. That's like That was early yes. on too. She had yes. plenty, of, plenty of reason to just walk at that point. Yeah. That was. Oh yeah, you I, called it. Anyway, I, right. That, that was the most. That was the only time I think in our entire where I've melted down like that in front of her. I really Remember don't know anymore. I do, I do. They were it was Duck Duck Hodges laying three and he covered. And that was pretty frustrating. Would that have been Canada's like first season as defensive coordinator. 
or offensive coordinator. Was he really? He was there for that long. They I said fifty-eight so, right? games. That was the that, that was the for uh Maybe it was fifty-eight games, but he was only there for part of it. Maybe he was only there for like he... the games. He... I feel Maybe like Randy Stevenson was the offensive coordinator at that point. Yeah, the COVID year. I don't think Canada was the offensive coordinator. Ah, uh, he was only yeah three years, twenty one. Three years, twenty one. He started. So this was still Randy Feekner for sure. It's like all these names. No, no. It's just like BTS. Feekner. All right. Fichtner. Uh, on the other side. <laughs> Speaking of terrible coaches, we'll talk about the fired Frank Reich and the Panthers going on to take Todd Bowles and the Buccaneers in Tampa. Tennessee bringing the blitz. It is Chark, and this game is over. Amani Hooker with a game-clinching tackle for the Titans. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Adam Amin with the call yesterday, and I, I, I tweeted this right after it happened. And again, you don't have to be a genius to figure this out. So like that 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 call is going to get Frank Reich fired, and it doesn't matter. It it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if Bryce Young checked to that play or not. Like you you can't you can't have it happen. He's the guy in charge. The buck stops with him. They're one in ten. We've been telling you for weeks with the way it was trending that there was no way Frank Reich was making it to a second season in Carolina. Not with that owner. You could blame the owner if you want. Or you could blame the coach, you could blame the quarterback, you could blame the GM. Just that, like, it was never going to happen with Frank Reich. He was never going to come back. Frank Reich fired today by the Carolina Panthers, lasting 11 games. Urban Meyer lasted longer, for context, as the head coach of the Jaguars a couple years ago. So Chris Tabor, the special teams coach, will take over. Tabor has coached an NFL game before in 2020, the COVID year. Then Bears head coach Matt Nagy missed a game with COVID. Chris Tabor was the interim coach. Tabor takes over and immediately fires assistant head coach Deuce. Staley was so pretty highly regarded. I think he'll get like snatched up like fairly quickly. And uh, quarterbacks coach Josh McCown, who the Texans famously wanted to hire as their head coach with no experience, which is just funny. Neither here nor there, not saying positively or negatively. So now the Panthers will move forward uh, with no first round pick, no head coach right now. Uh, and Bryce Young is the quarterback and Thomas Brown, <laughs> the, 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 the once and future king, calling plays now again for the Carolina Panthers. Again, the Panthers take their show on the road this week. Uh, to Tampa to take on Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. Kenny, bring the music back up here. The next game we will handicap is Tampa and Carolina. This was six last night, and the conversation I had with myself was, "Wow, I think I need to bet Carolina in the game." And then because uh, the number was too big, and then they fire Frank Reich, and now we're off six. Tampa currently can a five and a half point home favorite, total thirty seven and a half. So, uh, any thoughts you have here on the firing of Frank Reich? How you think that impacts anything? And then this particular betting market with with the market being like Tampa needs to win this game by margin to cover your bet. Yeah, it's really interesting, right? Because uh, we've had a game already this year where a team has fired their head coach and had a replacement and uh, the Raiders, obviously. And we, we heard all week when the Raiders fired McDaniels that, oh, well, like the locker room is so much happier now and everyone's so glad that this happened and like, oh, just like, oh, just so much happiness. Oh, this what a great situation. And you're like, oh, man, <laughs> I must have really hated that guy. Maybe they maybe they are going to play better. And uh, and they did. And they have. Honestly, every game, basically, they've given you more than what they gave you with McDaniels for the most part There's with Aiden O'Connell starting a quarterback. So I do think there's situations where like you get a bounce from a coordinator change, but especially like a head coach change if the head coach was that bad. The difference with this one that makes this and the fact that this this is the opponent, this is the market is so interesting is like, like, it is that what this is? Not really. 
Like, not really. I say not really because I don't have to be right. After the fact, everybody could be like, yeah, we hated Reich. He was terrible. It just doesn't strike me. Like, Reich's coached before, had six, made the playoffs before. Like, I just, is that what, the, it's a rookie quarterback that started every game? Just, is that what this is? It just doesn't strike me as like the same setup. So like, yeah, you could get a bounce off this. Also, like, even if they hadn't fired him, it's Tampa expected to win. This is the bad team, bad team theory. This is like, yeah, you know what Tampa never does? Win by a lot. You know what they have to do in this game to cover? Win by a lot. Like, yeah, I'd like to bet. Like, yeah, sure, bet against that. So I understand why Carolina got bet off six. It's funny that it happened because their coach got fired. I don't know which category to put this coach firing in, though. I think they're like the McDaniels one. It's just like we had everybody on the show that week. They played the Giants in Vegas. And it's like everybody loved the Raiders. Like, no, you're going to get a response out of this one. You're going to get something. And all the reporting started, like, especially after the fact, led you in that direction. This doesn't strike me as that. They're really bad anyway. They have no talent anyway. So they can cover the number. It's a big number. But just like, do I want to bet them now that they did it? Hashtag if they did it, I it doesn't make me want to push the button any more than it did before, because the reason I would like them anyway is just like, well, Tampa has to win the game by whoever the coaches. Tampa has to win the game by margin. I don't think the right firing makes me like fired up to bet the Panthers in this game. Hila, I'll give you my betting thought on this game. And I think this is one where we will get some like impactful injury news over the course of the week. It won't be sexy injury news because none of it's going to be on offense. It'll all be on the defensive side of the ball. I love sexy injury news. It's the best. (laughs) It's just sexy news. Sexy news. J.C. Horn's playing J.C. Horn and C.J. Henderson. Uh, This could be the game where the Panthers get back J.C. Horn, C.J. Henderson, Jeremy Chen. The Bucs could also get back tomorrow, or this week, Levante David and Jamel Dean. Like, all these players didn't play last week. The Carolina, we've been waiting for these players to come back for the Panthers. Um, If we get to, like, Friday and everyone's playing, uh, I don't think either team's scoring a lot. I would just bet the under in the game. That would be my luck. Maybe the Panthers and the under. Maybe something like that. You know, low scoring, one possession kind of a game. And to be fair, like bucks by margin. So I, maybe the defensive players come back. That could certainly guide some of the market movement we get throughout the week. The injury reports on the defensive side of the ball for both teams. Hey, maybe this goes back to six if the guys don't play. Maybe it comes down even more. Like, it doesn't take a lot to go through five. Maybe we go to four and a half if it looks like the Panthers guys are all going to play. Sure. Makes a lot of sense. The interesting thing, it's like Tampa, but when I think Tampa by margin, well, first of all, I think Todd Bowles, a coach who is like allergic to winning games by margin in his career. Um, so hard hard for him to do that. And against any opponent, doesn't matter how bad they are. And then the other thing is like, okay, like when teams get up and like the sort of the anatomy of a, a blowout win, right? All right. It was, uh, it's Tampa a team that can get up by a possession and then like put the game away by moving the ball. Uh, no. The answer to that question is no. <laughs> uh, they're miserable at running the ball. They're a terrible team. And they also haven't played with the lead a whole lot this year. I Cool, like they could win the game by seven or six or something like that. But like a multi-possession Tampa win strikes me as pretty unlikely in this game. We can get the injury reports and like see how the market settles and make a decision. Um, it's funny because like I, I may land on Carolina as well. Maybe, maybe not. And... You know, I feel like I'm going to do that. Or like, we're going to radio stations this week. Like, what do you like? I like Carolina. Oh, because they fired Reich, right? And be like, not really. <laughs> Just because it's five, five and a half. Like, it's like, I don't care who the coach is. Uh, or I don't think this one's particularly impactful. Could be wrong. Uh, yeah, just now that it's in this range, I don't think I like have to run to hit the button or anything. I think you were right about six last night. Maybe not lasting. I'll just give you a quick point spread update again really quick on a game we've already done. Cardinals taking money. We just did this game, so I just to, to update that. 
five in a few places and a market making book just went to four and a half um which just gives you an idea of like a game that we talked about already that's and i would actually compare these two games where it's like the expectation of the favorite winning by margin we have a few games like that on the board for this week tough to kind of get yourself there i think when you visualize the game playing out I, uh, I'd be much more apt to lay the Steelers because the Steelers might be something different. Like, the Bucks aren't. And to your point, like, the Panthers aren't going to be something different because the personnel's still terrible. Like, the Raiders have good personnel. Right. But the Panthers don't. Hey, Bryce Young, here are the good plays. <laughs> I've been, well, I've been like, hiding them. Right. Or, like, Bryce Young gets to throw to Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers now and, like, Michael yeah. Mayer. Like, that instead of, you know, Tommy Tremble, Jonathan Mingo, and DJ Chark. And the corpse of Adam Thielen, who's been good, to his credit. Uh, this, for me, this is more about, like, can Tampa, to your point, can Tampa win a game by margin? So let's let's see what the injury report holds. I'll, I'll bet Carolina for sure if they get all the players back on defense here. Because I don't think Tampa's going to be able to score a lot to cover a point spread if that's the case. All right, you better you bet with Nick and Ken. At least one more game this segment before we welcome in Rick Camp. Uh, next segment on the show. Um, I can't wait to discuss this game. My mind is in a couple different places here. In the Garo Yapremian Bowl, uh, these two teams actually played in a couple Super Bowls, the uh, the Dolphins and the former Washington Redskins, now the Washington Commanders. Um, Miami is a 9.5-point road favorite at Washington. The total in the game is 50.5. For context, Miami was just a 9.5-point favorite at Tim Boyle and the Jets. Presented without comment. I'm not saying that makes me want to be watch. Just saying that I think that's interesting. Obviously, the point total is about 30 points higher than it was in the Dolphins-Jets game with Sam Howell on the other side. Um, so Miami laying nine and a half. Jalen Phillips is done for the year with the torn Achilles, one of Miami's best pass rushers. And Washington just fired Jack Del Rio, their defensive coordinator. Ron Rivera will take over as a defensive play caller. I... I think that actually might matter a little bit, like helps Washington a little bit. Not a lot, maybe, because the personnel is bad, but I think it helps a little bit. Ken, pen, pencil, blood, or blank. Dolphins, a massive road favorite at Sam Howell in Washington, who just got their lunch handed to them by the Cowboys on yeah. Thanksgiving. I mean, you, maybe you're going to make some kind of a bull case for Washington in the game. It sounds like it based on the Rivera thing. Uh, just can't with this kind of a matchup. Like the Dolphins are a team that they blow teams out regularly. They have an offense that can do it. Uh, they generate a ton of explosive plays. We'll do awards later in the week. Just like the difference between reviewing what has happened and looking ahead. Looking ahead is always going to be a really, really good strategy for betting awards as opposed to like, well, what, let's look at the stats that have already happened. Tyreek Hill gets this defense this week and Christian McCaffrey gets the Eagles defensive line. Who would you like in the two matchups? Who would you like? And maybe Ron Rivera calls the greatest defensive game anyone's ever called. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's Bill Belichick against the uh, against the Bills in the Super Bowl or whatever. I don't know. But, like, uh, I just I, – I at least agree with this. You made a point spread comparison with a previous market. I'll make another one. Uh, the Commanders just closed a 13-point underdog to Dallas and didn't cover. And now they're less than 10 when they have no home field advantage whatsoever. I I don't I can never get to the commanders in this game. It's lay Miami or nothing. I don't think the spread's going to move a ton where I have to make that call yet. So when I said um, kind of like my mind's in a couple different places here with this game, uh, I think so. Let I, I, do we do this on air, off air? When I said kind of like the way I kind of like conceptualize games now, I'm like what what number right. would I need to bet a team? We did it off air, and and I I said you know what would I need to bet Washington last night while I'm thinking about the game, and the number I came up with was ten and a half. So at nine and a half, I feel like I should be betting Miami. And I might. Um, I also sort of think, like, if Washington is going to be live here in a one-game situation with no Jalen Phillips here for Miami, I I do think that Sam Howell is not bad. And I do think the commanders could maybe score in this game. 
I'm kind of torn between, and this is, maybe this is stupid, because it sounds stupid, so it probably is stupid. And that's fine. I have time to figure it out. Um, I, I'm either going to lay Miami or just take Washington to win. And it sounds really stupid coming out of my mouth, so I think I'm just going to lay Miami <laughs> and be done with it. <laughs> it sounds really stupid. You know what? This is really stupid. I'm just going to talk, stop talking about it. You could be right. Why couldn't Washington could win a game? I guess the the blueprint would be like, well, they almost beat the Eagles, you know, like so they, they play a high octane team, keep the game close. Howell makes a bunch of throws just like by trading these those edge rushers. You just Washington at the line of scrimmage in these games. It's just like depressing. It's just like depressing at the line of scrimmage. You can't run the ball. You get that Howell gets hit a billion times just like. And it's Miami. Like, this isn't... Washington could actually... I don't know what Washington's schedule is the rest of the season, game for game. It doesn't really matter for this argument. But just, like, they could find themselves in a game... Honestly, like, if they go on the road, they could play a lot of average teams and be, like, a touchdown underdog in the game. Or be, like, seven and a half in the game. Like, they could... If they went on the road and played, like, the Falcons right now, like, what would they be? Like, seven and a half, maybe, or something like that? I mean, they'd be a big dog in the game. And... I would, you could talk yourself into Washington keeping games Easily. close, but like Miami smashes teams like this sometimes. Like, I, I just don't think this is the, this is the team where it's like, kind of like with the Jets, honestly, like if the Jets are a big dog with Boyle later in the year or whatever, maybe you want to take the points, keep the game close. Okay. But like Miami, like that's not Miami. Like Miami's going to score a ton of points. Miami's not going to have 20 explosive pass plays in this game. Really? Tyreek Hill is like absolutely going for 2,000 yards. This is his best chance to have a big stat game. It doesn't get better than this. Like he is hyper aware of that. <laughs> so it's just like, I, I'm not saying like his yards prop is going to be really high. I would never bet the over, but like he's going to have a lot of yards probably. They're going to generate explosive plays probably because everyone has generated explosive plays. And like if Rivera takes over, that's great. But like he can't like trade back for Chase Young and, and Sweat. Like, you can't do that. So, like, they're just not going to be able to pressure to... to Miami's going to do whatever they want in this game. And, and A-Chan might come back for this game. Like, that'd be just... I mean, this is... Like, I'm not saying, like, this number is crazy or anything. I think it's, like, right on. Miami by I multiple possessions. Short. It might be even... It might be... It might need to be more than this. It might I, even I just be a little more than this. Maybe. I don't know if it's going to... I don't think it's, like, getting blasted to 10, 10 and a half, though. I think this is, like, fine. I don't think... I don't think intuitively people are going to want to, like bet into this aggressively like this is it's kind of a classic late season really good team on the road against a bad team kind of a number any thoughts on the total which has been bet up to 50 and a half which which like in, in like 2023 in the nfl this is like this total might as well be 70. like 74 right yeah uh same kind of problem i had last week with the total in that game honestly regardless of what the final score then you know dallas scored a lot obviously in the game like Washington's offensive lines this bad. I don't know if they can score. Like I just don't know if they can score. And, they, and I know Phillips got hurt and whatever. Just like here's Sam Howell throwing to like Ramsey and Xavier and Howard. These guys just like what is this going to be? Like what? I mean, just everybody gets pressure on on Washington. I just don't know. I honestly, even even in a home game, even against a team that's allowed some teams to score, I think late season Washington's just like not a team I'm interested in backing at all. So I think you're you're against them or you're or you're not betting. That's how I'm approaching them. I think it's a really, really it's interesting depressing. game and a really, really interesting yeah. points, Brad. Right. I, I'm not going to get Washington over six and a half to the finish line, which is really sad because they were like two and zero oh and three and four, I think. And I'm and I'm not even I might not even like smell over six and a half. I might not even get a chance. That's yeah. really tough. I, I, I still 
I still kind of like, I can't shake the thought that they might like win this game somehow. I, I don't know. I, I'll think more about it. Like, what are they good I, at? I guess that's my thing. Like, Howell occasionally can create explosive plays with the receivers. They're being covered by Howard and Ramsey and Fangio's right. defense. All right, we'll do we'll do more on this coming up later. Maybe it's just like late because that was my original thought was I'm gonna need ten and a half to bet Washington, so maybe I'll just lay Miami nine and a half. On on the other side, uh, we'll get back to the NFL next hour, but we'll talk NBA props coming up next with our friend Rick Camp. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. This is our final segment for the day on Stadium. So if you're watching us right now on Stadium and you want to check out the final hour, the power hour of the show, I would recommend that. Head on over to twitch.tv backslash betql, twitch.tv backslash betql to check out the power hour. We'll feature all our bets for tonight. We'll give you bets of steel in the NHL, best of the best in the NBA, Tyler's college basketball, and side total and props for the Vikings and the Bears to wrap up week 12 in the NFL on Monday Night Football. So again, 20 minutes from now, the power hour of the show begins. So if you're watching on stadium and you want to check it out, twitch.tv backslash betql. We'll also continue our handicap week 13 in the NFL to start the power hour. We will get to... Oh, the Texans and the Broncos. Absolutely love it. Maybe the Rams and the Browns as well. And we'll save the rest of the games coming up for a terrific football Tuesday. But right now, we turn our attention to the NBA and joining us on the show to help us do that. One of our You Better You Bet family members, longtime member of the You Better You Bet crew, now doing great stuff uh, when it comes to NBA betting for our friends over at 4 for 4 and Betspurts. We have a lot of guests come on from 4 for 4 and Betspurts. They're all awesome. And our guy, Rick Camp, definitely awesome as well. And chief among them, Rick also, the co-host of the Critic acclaimed podcast i'm fat not me i work out all the time that's the name of rick's podcast i'm fat is the podcast with rick and jay zawoski it is extremely entertaining very funny be sure to check out i'm fat featuring our pal rick camp and follow rick on twitter at rick c camp my friend great to have you back on the show great to hear your voice even though i haven't already on behalf of ken barkley the two of us would like to apologize for not answering the text you sent us earlier today hashtag our bad we do suck. yeah that's really bad honestly like i saw it and i was like i think i was doing something it's like well ken will definitely answer him because it's nba and then i forgot and i thought the same thing so uh listen that's our bad rick so hope you had a great thanksgiving my friend welcome back to the show how's it going it's always good to talk to you guys. Hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving as well. And it's it's okay on the text. I've been texting Ken back and forth enough to where it's probably just tired of getting texts from me about stupid basketball things anyway. No, that's not true. Rick is one of the few people, like, if it, if it was, like, Christmas night and I wanted to talk about, like, hey, is Cam Thomas going to come back and win most improved player? And it was, like, Christmas night at, like, 10 o'clock, I feel like I could send Rick a text. And he'd be like, I was just thinking about the same thing. Just like, yeah, sickos for life on these NBA awards and NBA season long stuff. Just really, really funny. Rick, I know we have some uh, some bets for tonight and we'll we'll get it all and give you a chance to explain them. But maybe something big picture first, maybe like a, a futures bet that you like right now. A couple of the divisions are, are still really interesting. Yeah, Pacific's definitely interesting, like Dallas and New Orleans. Uh, anything with divisions, anything with awards, maybe like one bet that you really like that still exists right now. I think it's actually interesting, and I know this is really lame at the moment. Usually this is a prime time of year, like as we're really getting as much information as we can before a lot of people start paying attention at Christmas. But odds board feels pretty pretty right at the moment. Like especially most improved is something that, that I know you and I obsess over. At the moment, it really kind of seems like it's Maxie Barnes and kind of 
whoever else at this point really wants to be a part of it, especially with Cam Thomas being hurt. If people really want to consider Cam Reddish, I guess like Go Bears likely is the rightful favorite at the moment for defensive player of the year. I mean, sixth man is a little interesting, but I still at this point think it's the guys that are at the top in terms of Hardaway, Reeves, and Quickly. So there's not a ton that I would like to bet at the moment. The only reason I haven't thought of, I haven't put in a bet for Devin Booker is just because of how many games he's already missed. He's already missed eight, so when you you know you can only miss like seventeen games and still qualify for MVP, that were it's something we have to consider now that. In a normal year, I probably would have put in a bet on Devin Booker for MVP, but I'm not doing that right now. Might be maybe in a different in a different arena though when we think more in season wise for him. Yeah, how about like the or the world's most famous arena where Devin Booker basically led like me, you, and like Alex yep. and Tyler like to victory over the Knicks yesterday, which is the Knicks which guts was really, out yesterday, which yeah. was which was really yeah. which was absolutely brutal. So if you're watching right now and you've haven't heard Rick before. Rick is in the weeds on the NBA in the best way possible. Like, watches all the games, knows all the player stuff, bets a ton of props. So if you're interested in betting the NBA, like, Rick's about to drop some great information on us here. So, my friend, why don't we do, like, more of, like, and we can get specific bets for tonight in a second, but, um, like, stuff you're tracking on, like, a game-by-game basis here, and, and it can, like, like flow into games for tonight or maybe even later this week, like, stuff that you are watching right now, Rick, that you are excited to bet coming up soon here in the NBA. Well, I'm a masochist, and I grew up a Bulls fan, so Bulls basketball has been on my TV a lot. And one thing that's been paying off a lot lately is fading the Bulls in the first quarter. Since they had a three-day stretch where after their overtime loss to Phoenix, before they played Detroit, so give or take two and a half weeks ago, they played nine games. They are 2-7 and seven, uh, in the first quarter straight up and that's losing each of those by an average of 6.7 points. It's not just that they're losing first quarters. It's they're losing first quarters by a lot. Four of those they lost by double digits. So they're a team where in any sort of neutral matchup, you can bet against the Bulls in the first quarter. A lot of this has been since Zach Levine has kind of said, yeah, you know, I'm good. I think I'm good on this whole thing. He has had been the leader or supposed leader of this team, so – him coming out flat and kind of quiet quitting on this team has kind of resonated through everybody else. And it's a team that you guys know from the moment I was working the show when the DeMar DeRozan uh, deal happened and I wasn't happy on it then. It's only gotten worse. The Bulls are terrible, and especially in the first half. And really first half unders for them as well. In that same nine-game stretch, five of these games, the total in the first half has gone under 100. And most of those under 90. So the Bulls just drag teams down to play their pace. If they're a weird team where they're a bad defense, but they also force one of the longest possessions for other teams on offense because they get lost in rotations late in the clock. So I think that's one that has really been sticking with me. And also another one that is thoroughly in the weeds has been the points for Bilal Koulibaly of the Washington Wizards. With him getting more time, getting to be in their rotation, because the Wizards are terrible, he's been scoring and the points prop hasn't been going up enough. He's been in that six and a half to eight and a half range, and he's been able to at least get enough time on the court to get over that and get into double digits to be able to hit some alt sometimes as a primary guy off the bench. 
like two two really really good actionable things that Rick and I have been texting about Bulls first quarter and first halves. I gave out the Thunder first half on Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Rick and I have been texting about that for a while. So Bulls first quarter first halves, especially first halves and Koulibaly points over. Nick's been all over this. I feel like since uh, since this guy started cracking the rotation, I think two like really good actionable things. And uh, well, those guys playing tonight, Rick. I, another trend that's been really 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 popular, like just a team that scores a bajillion points a game. It seems like they can't make the totals high enough. These Pacers games have been incredibly funny from like a market standpoint. We had a total in the 250s the other night against Atlanta. That was last week. The Pacers tonight, we'll start getting into tonight's bets a little bit. The Pacers tonight host the Portland Trailblazers. Like what? Like maybe they're actually the worst team in the NBA. There's some pretty bad teams. They might be the worst one. Uh, the Pacers are a 12-point home favorite, which seems almost impossible. And the total in the game is 240 and a half. Are we, is it just as simple as like, Pacers game, it goes over no matter what. Do you think the market's adjusted enough? Any bets for tonight here with Portland and Indiana? I like Indiana's team total because I think their offensive floor is so high. Just And also Portland's offense is just horrendous. And now with Scoot Henderson being back, that adds a little more variance, which maybe is good, maybe is bad, but you just don't know on a night-to-night basis. With Indiana, it's not like they're just getting – the cumulative stats because they're playing so fast they're in the last two weeks they've been the number one offensive rating not just pace but how much they're scoring per like they're valuing each possession enough and what i think is really makes me feel good about this they're third in turnover rate offensively so they are not turning the ball over which gives them more opportunities at shots and with that good offensive rating it really raises their floor for what they can be offensively and when they've had matchups like this this year where you're against trash teams, teams that we thought were going to be horrible before the year started, they're averaging 137 points in those games. So that's Washington, Charlotte, San Antonio, Utah, and Detroit. So you can trust them to do their scoring. Whether the opponent will do their scoring, they likely will because Indiana's defense is bad, but I trust Indiana's offense more, so I'm just purely looking at that team total over 126 and a half. You better you bet here with Nick and Ken wrapping up our interview with the great Rick Camp. You better you bet family member on Twitter at Rick C. Camp from 4 for 4 and Bad Spurts. Rick, we only have about a minute left to go here. Any other bets that you like for tonight, Monday night in the association? We have about 60 to 90 seconds here for the rest of your bets. I've got two player props that I'm on tonight. Tyrese Maxey over 26 and a half. Not overthinking this one. He's very good. Huge part of that Sixers offense. And also, the Lakers just don't really have anybody at the moment to slow him down. In the last two weeks, the Lakers are allowing the fourth most points to point guards. So I just like the spot for him. And also, in New Orleans, Utah, Utah has been turning the ball over all year, the highest turnover percentage offensively. Last game against New Orleans, this is the second game of the duplex spot, Dyson Daniels had six steals. This is likely going to be his last game in the starting lineup with C.J. McCollum possibly returning on Wednesday. And it's great because it works well for him. Dyson Daniels over one and a half steals is plus money. And considering his size and what he's able to do, I really like that spot for him as well. So Maxi over 26 and a half points and Daniels over one and a half steals. Rick, what's the best thing you ate over this weekend, uh, Thanksgiving weekend? It was beef tenderloin that was seared on a black stone. It was incredible. Like cooked to perfection. So can I, having can I interrupt to ask what is my, it about the Blackstone yes. that like that is special? I I don't know what that like what but why is that special? 
It's just a really high-quality grill that has the flat top that allows you to get a real good sear on the meat. So mm. it was sear it on the Blackstone on a flat top and then put that in the oven. It was fantastic. I, I actually thought it was like an actual stone that was like black. Like, I didn't yeah, like know what Blackstone like, was a like type of Actually grill. on coals. It's like laid it on like, top of coals. Like, like, like that honestly sounds like an item you would get in an RPG that would help you like beat a boss, like the Blackstone. <laughs> I, I, I had no idea. Also, I'm not proficient with this stuff at all. Um, you got to check out Rick's work at 4 for 4. Check out Rick's work at BetSperts. Follow him on Twitter at Rick C. Camp. And he's got really, really great and funny food takes, but you can check out on the I'm Fat podcast with Rick and Jay Zawoski. Find it wherever you find your podcast. My friend, we appreciate the time. We appreciate the insight. Stay well, and we'll talk to you down the line. Sounds good. Love you guys. The great Rick Camp joining us here on You Better, You Bet. All right, if you're watching on Stadium, you want to check out the final hour of the show, twitch.tv backslash betql. All our bets coming up for tonight, including the Vikings and the Bears, and we'll handicap a couple more games for Week 13 in the NFL.